was popping was popping was popping welcome nikki and moose i'm nikki that's moose what's up moose what up y'all and welcome to episode 73 <laughs> and we have a jam-packed episode we're gonna start off with companies and brands uh in a whole new inclusion way of disabilities, we're going to talk about two individuals that are killing the game right now. Then we're going to be talking about uh, a big, 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 big buy-in jersey company. Not jersey like New Jersey, like jerseys like the clothing. And some famous rappers, a famous CEO buying into it. We're going to talk about it and what that means for the culture course we're going to talk about the halftime uh show from the super bowl and last but definitely not least kanye west and how he is changing everything once again when it comes to streaming and owning your music moose how are we feeling about this episode I'm excited for this one. I'm excited. I mean, there's a lot of topics that double down in one specific area. So for those who like socially conscious brands and uh, things that have been around forever, but are still relevant and growing, you're going to enjoy this episode. Let's get into the intro. Two kids from Queens cut from a different cloth. Now, joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never-before-seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force, but more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. And we're just going to get right into it. So first and foremost, uh, shout out to all our audio listeners, all our video viewers, uh, brand new, whether you've listened since day one or day, I don't know, 72, whatever it is, we appreciate you. Continue to leave those reviews. I know we're skipping it, but we just got a lot to talk about. Moose, how are we feeling first and foremost? Man, 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 feeling really good, really good. So much better. Uh, I know when we spoke earlier, I was like, yo, I'm a little beat up right now. Uh, things are rough, but no, I feel great, man. I'm excited and uh, I'm happy we're getting to it. Okay, look at you. All right. Okay. Um, me, um, I'm still hurt about this $900 uh, frame that I paid for. Um, if you didn't listen to the after show, um, I bought a new frame and it just cost a lot and I wasn't ready. And so I'm still a little hurt about it, but I don't know. Maybe we'll get sponsored by a custom framing situation later down the road. I, I don't like know. that. I, I don't like know. that. You know. I like that. But let's get into this episode. All right. So first and foremost, uh, I personally think this is huge, right? Uh, Victoria's Secret is doing a new campaign, but the model that they got, they got like several models, but this one particular one, man, it is not only uh, Puerto Rican, so that's huge on my end, you hear me, um, but it is a 24-year-old Down syndrome model, the very first 
Victoria's Secret model with Down syndrome with the Dreams Come True campaign, literally making history this week or whenever you hear this, right? And it's amazing because she said, one day I one day I dreamed of it, I worked for it, and today it's a dream come true. I can finally tell my big secret. I am a Victoria's Secret's first uh, model with Down syndrome. Thank you, Victoria's Secret, for seeing me as a model who has hashtag no limits and making me part of the inclusive Love Cloud collection campaign. Inside and out, there are no limits. Now, this is huge, I believe, because this is now, and what we're going to talk about as well, is putting pressure to brands and companies on some, oh no, you got to, you got to add everybody now. Like mm-hmm. nothing should be excluded regardless of your race, your background, your uh, sexuality, and now your uh, disabilities or non-disabilities. Yeah. Um, we've never seen anything like this. Like we've seen like the only time they get real love is, you know, Special Olympics and those different types, but nothing, anything on a more mainstream and a commercial kind of look. So now that Victoria's Secret is is starting the trend of, oh, we got to if, if I, I could believe that next up, we're going to see other top brands include people with disability. I'm not just going to just say Down syndrome, but people with disability put them more in the forefront rather than us normal people, whatever your definition of normal is. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's beautiful, man. I mean, to think about just how much uh, damage industries like this have created in the lives of many, many girls before. So I think now that we're realizing that there are no limits, similar to how she put it, right? And we can be more inclusive and show that beauty is not specific to one specific type of body shape, skin color, religious background, uh, you know, like even as you mentioned, disability, it's really cool. So I, I like it. I think, and we said it specifically on the intro too, like brands becoming more socially aware and just recognizing their impacts. That's cool. It's like you're taking ownership to maybe correct the mistake that you've done for a while. So no longer covering it up or saying, oh, like we know it's happening, but we're not going to speak about it publicly. Right. It's like, no, owning up to it and giving that. So it's beautiful. It's obviously a, a great accomplishment. Yeah. And on the same topic, there has been an individual uh, from a basketball standpoint that has been making a lot of noise, just a lot Killing of noise, it. a lot of highlights. I was mm-hmm. I think I got wind of him last year and just mm-hmm. found out that he's Dominican. So now that excited me even more. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd listen, Puerto Rican, Dominicans, the Hispanics are just taking over this particular segment. But who I'm talking about is Hansel Emmanuel, who is a high school basketball phenomenon right now. And he just recently partnered with uh, J. Cole's Dreamers, right? 
they're putting out a whole Michelin-esque jersey line where they're replicating all the NBA jerseys, the same kind of style and everything, but it's saying Dreamer. And of Mm. course, he is going to be the face of it. Now, for those who are not uh, very familiar with with Hansel, he is the high school player who has one arm and has been killing, super killing the game. And we were watching an interview earlier and there's this one part that I had to put, I had to put it in the, in the podcast because like I said, this is going to put pressure on brands, on companies, on teams, on yeah, you you gotta you gotta get better. So let's let's get right into this clip. Miss Leos is twenty push-ups, and then the the whole team was quiet, and they all looked to me like, okay, what are we gonna do now? And he going to the floor. There's you. I don't help you. And he do twenty push-ups on one hand. He changed everybody with those 20 pushers. My coaches, my players, they all was like, oh, I want to be better. Crazy, crazy. It reminds me a lot of like Tim Tebow too. Like I think there's a lot of sport, uh, some athletes, not a lot, but some athletes that come out that are like really, really, favorites of the fans already, right? Like they're fan favorites for whatever reason. They might've been an underdog their whole career or, you know, they've just done things that you're like, yo, you can tell this is a truly good person who works incredibly hard, has a phenomenal story. Mm -hmm. And then people start rallying behind them, which in a way it's going to push his opportunity or it's going to open up some opportunities for him. So when you think about uh, college colleges or even professional teams starting to consider, okay, is this someone that we can take on? And you amass this large following on social media. You're talented. Uh, again, you're, wor- you're a hard worker and all of these things. These are only good things that contribute to it. So it's cool because, you know, you're quick to hear in the media about athletes who, uh, don't work hard or who are lazy or they try to spin a bad image on them. Like, you know, they there's definitely athletes who've gotten caught up in that situation. So I think to see the polar opposite of it being highlighted and the people are accepting it, like there, there aren't any real nasty comments. I think he's r- rose above all of that noise. So it's incredibly, incredibly cool to see, man. And um, yeah, we'll only see what his future looks like, uh, yeah. you know, sometime soon. Yeah, and what's what's amazing is recently he got picked up for a full scholarship at Memphis, right? So my man's going to college fully paid. Um, So that's amazing. But what this clip really showed is like, if you add, instead of exclude these people, but add them to your roster, to your team, Whatever it is from a professional sport standpoint, whether it is from a nine to five situation, you'll be really shocked how that actually pushes your your other team members, you know, um, to see somebody with one hand do 20 pushups when people who have two 
can't do right. five, you know? Um, and to see that a Down syndrome person can become a model, you know, first it was before, you know, there was a lot of body shaming. And so now they're adding plus size uh, models and all that great stuff, male, uh adding the LGBTQ plus community. But now it's like everybody should have the right to be a part of things. And when we show that this is going to make everybody better. So all I could do is like, shout out to Victoria's secret, shout out to the, the college that picked, uh, you know, Emmanuel up and of course, J. Cole for making him the face of dreamers, because this is now what we have to get used to. And it's, it's still going to be very uncomfortable for some people. Um, but for others, like I got inspired, like for some reason, I was like, hey, I hold on, let me work on my pushups <laughs> real quick, you know, but to, yeah. you for the people who are in in audio, the the guy who was speaking about him was literally in tears. Like, yo, this made us want to be better. Like, there shouldn't be anything we can't do because he's making everything possible with yeah. what he has. So, yeah, it was uh, definitely had to be covered. Definitely had to be covered. Um, but... A quick transition, since we did speak about uh, J. Cole's Dreamers Mitchell and S. collection, we have to talk about this uh, this recent uh, buy of Mitchell mm-hmm. and S. for $250 million. Come on, Moose, talk about it a little bit. Crazy, man, crazy. I mean, first off, we all know fanatics have been in the media a lot lately just because of the acquisitions that they've been making. So they're growing. I mean, they are expanding to collab with or at least include sports betting onto their portfolio. We know they run a huge uh, merchandise licensing deal or or business model that is able to integrate them. I think they said they're, they cover like 900 sports or like a variety of, of things like that, which is like incredible to think about that that many different leagues and teams are trusting them with their merchandise to add their unique spin to it. So this specific deal here comes, of course, as they're integrating into e-commerce and bringing back some local stores. And you look at just the roster that brought this whole collab together. So of course, Jay-Z is already an investor into fanatics. You know, there's relationship there being that it's a Philly based brand with Meek Mill. Facts. Uh, Then of course, Mav Carter, we know the relationship between LeBron's camp and Jay and Mav Carter is someone who references Jay-Z as like that advisor, friend, you know, mentor that has helped them kind of stay together and build. So you're bringing a very progressive brand that's, that's acquiring a lot of businesses They're like dumping money into industries to acquire business. And then you have people who represent the culture in a wide variety of way. Now, granted, they only I believe they only have about 25 percent ownership 
amongst uh, Jay, little babies also on there. There's a, a TikTok family as well that got a, that got in on the deal. So they're sharing 25%. But when you think about the reach, the fact that they're allowing uh, some, some uh, individuals from TikTok who have exploded to come in on the deal, that lets you know how, how far ahead they're thinking about utilizing different platforms, uh, different influencers, and even brand names or just individual personal brand names to be able to push and get their return back. So I think it's super cool. I mean, obviously a, an incredible brand, but just the fact that a lot of these different layers are coming together to make something happen to this magnitude. Yeah, that's crazy. Th yeah, that's, that's crazy. But for those who don't know anything about Mitchell and Ness and haven't seen a single Jersey or anything like that, we got, we got the story behind it. The company began stringing tennis rackets, making custom golf clubs and producing uniforms for local teams like the Eagles and Phillies. In 1985, a customer asked Mitchell and Ness to repair his game-worn jersey, sparking the idea to produce a nostalgic clothing line. Today, Mitchell and Ness specializes in authentic and lifestyle apparel for the major leagues such as the National Basketball Association, as well as the NHL, MLB, and NFL. Now, as a New Yorker and, and a hip-hop fan of very... Uh, very familiar with Mitchell Ness uh, because it seemed like every rapper uh, wore the jersey, right? Mm -hmm. um, for our uh, audio viewers, we have pictures of everybody from Outkast to Jermaine Dupri, Fabulous, uh, Little Bow Wow when he was Little Bow Wow, uh, Dipset, Jay-Z, Dame Dash, Snoop Dogg, all wearing some type of jersey. Um, it's just been part of the culture for the longest. And so it makes sense that, you know, hip hop stars do own a percentage of this. And, you know, um, which we had conversations offline about it. I was very shocked that Fabulous is not part of that lineup. And mm -hmm. I would almost mm -hmm. be very interested to think, to ask why, because I believe he's part of the Rock Nation lineup. So right. it would only make sense on he would be a part of it because he was a huge role on, you know, making that him and Jay and a whole bunch of other people. But we always saw Fabulous in a jersey yeah. real quick, fast, in a hurry. So. You know, he even talked about it in uh, in Wallow's podcast where it's like, you know, it went from I actually just like buying it to they started giving me discounts to then it started being, you know, some business deals where, you know, we would do this. But he also explained that on tour when he was on with Jay-Z, he used to see it, see Jay-Z every city wear a different jersey based off the city. Mm. So he looked at that like, yo, I never seen that before. You know what? I'm going to do this more as a lifestyle. So like, of course, hip hop like embraced something that was such, you know, just in sports, you know, yeah. they made this as you have to have a jersey. I think I, I forgot what year it was, but everybody had a jersey. 
Yeah, everybody. Yeah. You remember back back in like school, junior, uh, middle school, high school, when everyone was wearing them backwards, oh. so like the last name was in the front. Facts, facts. <laughs> hey, it yeah. happened. It ha- I didn't do that, but I've seen it. But yeah, it was a thing people would. You know, but some of those jerseys, it's still to this day, three hundred, four hundred dollars for an authentic Mitchell and S jersey. Mm. Um, but I think this is huge. Um, and I'm very interested to see what do you think is going to uh, you kind of alluded to what could possibly happen. But what do you really see happening yeah. with this one? Yeah. Well, I think the fact that they run in like the vintage space. Right. And they're getting with fanatics who who have built their entire business model around licensing. Now, uh, just to kind of break it down around the basic licensing is basically, I see your hat Nike, it says, you know, uh, Nueva York, and you may be uh, licensed that uh, or register that look uh, as an official look, right? It's almost like as a patent, if you will. And I'm like, you know what, rather than me starting my own clothing line, I'm just going to use people who've, who've already produced cool logos, clothing, what brand, whatever, and just license that clothing from them. And I'm going to get really good at the other things. I'm going to get good at distribution, uh, being able to come to market or production. You know, a lot of these other things, marketing, of course. And I'm going to make my money like that way. I'm going to split. So they've grown tremendously. I mean, the uh, the owner or the founder, well, he's not the founder really, but Mike Rubin, he uh, bought the company some time back, Fanatics that is, he's a billionaire now because of this model. So I think now going into that space, having a lot of those relationships, it, it can only help scale the company. So at one point, a lot of people were thinking Mitchell and S was going away because they weren't really as popular as they were, you know, back then. But through and I started seeing their stuff, believe it or not, more so on Paxson. So like I don't know if you really? ever shop there. Yeah, believe it or not. Like they'll have a lot of their either shirts or like things pop up in there. I'm like, yo, it's crazy. They're still around. And shout out to Kat too. I know Kat used to design for them. Shout out to uh, Kat for some time. Yeah, yeah. So th- so just to kind of see that happen. So I think it only makes sense they're going to be able to scale the licensing with those relationships and that business model that they have down packed, help them to explode and make all these acquisitions. And then all of these people involved, it's it's only gonna help them scale from a marketing standpoint. So I can see them making a really big push to make sure that Mitchell and Ness become, you know, as popular, if not more than it was before. Big fact. So uh, congratulations and shout out to Jay-Z, Little Baby, Meek Mill, uh, Mav Carter, which I'm surprised you didn't really dig into Mav a little bit. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised because that guy. is your guy. But, yeah. you know, shout out to them, the the TikTok family, um, all that great stuff. Oh, of course, Michael Rubin, because, I mean, he has 75 percent of the joint. You feel me? Right, 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 right. 75%. Sheesh. Um, but man, we can't we can't go without talking about this amazing performance. Uh and if you don't know what we're talking about, we're we're a little late. I get it. I understand, but it's still relevant and trending. So we're gonna talk about it. And we're talking about the Super Bowl halftime show 
with Eminem, Dr. Dre, Mary J. Bly, Snoop Dogg, special guest 50 Cent, and Kendrick Lamar. Um, man, uh, can I say that was one one of the best Super Bowl uh, joints I've ever seen? I'm just not going to mm. lie. Mm. I've seen a few. I've seen a few. I've intentionally saw this one. I actually bought, shout out to Peacock. That's the only time I talk about it. Bought Peacock <laughs> so I could watch it on my phone while I was doing other stuff, right? Um, and yeah, it was really good. I will say uh, 50 Cent shouldn't, shouldn't have been upside down. I sh- yeah, <laughs> no, nope, sorry. I don't believe he should have been upside down. But Moose, how did you feel about the the show? Yo, I believe it or not, my favorite part was, first off, I didn't know Dre could play the keys like that. So like the part where, where Dre was playing the keys, I was like, yo, that's fire. So I love that part. And Eminem killed it, man. I just feel like he brought, uh, I don't know, like the way he came on and, and just kind of with that whole song, Lose Yourself, it was just like, okay, hold up. It takes you back to a different, that's what I love about a lot of these either halftime shows or even some of the deals, you know, when we cover something like Mitchell and Ness, there is that form of like going back to a time in your life that, you know, it has some very found memories. So it's like that song, it's like, of course, that's a part of everybody's, you know, catalog or one of the favorites. So to see it happen like that, that was pretty cool. Um, I'm I'm surprised they didn't give Mary J a little bit more love or a little bit more time, but you know it it worked and she's the only female there too. So it um I guess it worked. Oh, out she killed it. It did, it didn't mm-hmm. matter. It it did not matter. Um, she did go on different interviews saying like, yo, I literally only had like two minutes, uh, because they were they were questioning the, you know, the song choice. Like, why did you, why did you pick, uh, no drama. And mm-hmm. why did you pick this song? Why not real love? Why not all this stuff? And she's like, first off, I had like two minutes. Right. Uh, second, I had to pick Family Affair because of Dre. He produced mm-hmm. it. Um, and then no more drama because, you know, I had, um, I- I'm tired of what's happening in the world. The people are tired, you know, with the mask, the pandemic, all that great stuff, you know, um, I felt like it was fitting and Dre thought it was fitting with that, you know? Um, but we do have a, uh, a clip of Mary J. Blige speaking on if she got paid or not. And I know in uh, a past episode, we did talk about Super Bowl and if they got paid. I can't remember if it was the live or if it was a podcast. Not really sure, but we did mm. speak about uh, you know, being on a platform like Super Bowl and what that does for people. Um, this is what she said about getting paid on Super Bowl. You know, they always say you don't get paid to do the Super Bowl. Is that what's happening? That it's just a major look, right? I mean, I'm not trying to get into listen. Your you're gonna be paid for the rest of your life off of this. Off of this. Yes, man. People are gonna be knocking at you. Listen, it opens so many you doors. You don't have to pay me. But if no. he was paying, it would be a lot of money, you know. Absolutely, Yeah, absolutely. but I'm good. That's amazing for you to say that, no, though. No, you know what I'm saying? You don't got to pay this No, this is It pays itself. Major. It pays in itself. Now. Um, yeah. First off, I want, I will say this. 
not only did their streams go up, and I'm going to show, but I think, and I wanted to mention this, and I didn't know how I was going to add it, but I think this is the perfect spot, right? Uh, brands are very strategic with the performers and knowing that this is going to be a long-lasting situation, right? So I could believe, and this is, this is my conspiracy theory, people. I can believe, yes, they didn't get paid um, as far as the upfront performance. But I feel either one, Nike paid Eminem, right, to mm. wear a particular sneaker if you didn't see it, right? And I don't know uh, for our YouTube viewers, if you zoom in, Right. Um, you can see that he is wearing these Cardinal Jordan threes that just by coincidence came just out. So happened. Yeah. Came out the Saturday afterwards. Right. And sold out everywhere because, of course, now we're looking at it as the Eminem sneaker. Right. We want what Eminem wore. Um, so either one, Nike paid. Right. Or two. You know, Eminem just felt like wearing those because he does have a whole bunch of J's. And Nike said, yo, we got to capitalize on this right now. I don't even know. Can we re-release <laughs> this? What's happening? Everybody, from Monday through Friday, we are saying this is dropping. Let's go. Right? So either one could have happened. But, of course, uh, when we look at the charts, uh, Billboard Top 200 you're seeing 50 Cent, you're seeing Kendrick, you're seeing Eminem, you're seeing Dr. Dre. And then, of course, from an iTunes standpoint, they are all on the charts. Like, all the singles, everything that was played on halftime, it was there. And I think this goes back to talking about the whole, do we get paid up front for an opportunity or do we allow the effect to happen? So uh, a good, you know, another good example we always cover is versus, you know, yeah. before versus was, and I don't know about now, because now they're going to different venues and stuff. But uh, before versus was free, they would get the artist for free, but all their streaming numbers would go up. Mm -hmm. All of them. Right. And so they called it the versus effect. Now we have the Super Bowl effect, which has been proven time and time again. And I think that's why Mary J. Bly said, I'm going to get paid for the rest of my life. I think Janet Jackson is still getting paid for that situation. You know, um, <laughs> Destiny's Child getting paid for the rest of their life because they had a great performance. J-Lo Sha uh, Shakira. Dallas Bananas. Um, yeah, there's yeah. there's a lot of great performers that uh, were on the halftime show. And you know what? When it's time for Super Bowl, what do you think happens? Now we're rerunning all the old Super Bowl performances. Mm -hmm. And we may want to hear the album again, the songs again. So I think it's a good look. But how do... My question to you is... How do you think we can identify the big opportunities? Because sometimes we think everything is big based off the level that we're in. Yo, this is 
this platform's huge. huge. This one's right, great. Right, right. And then when you're in the midst of it, you're like, ah, this is, this isn't that, that good. Isn't that that right. good? Uh, right, right, right. I should have asked right. something, something by now. But yeah. what, what, what do you think? No, I mean, one of those biggest metrics, man, is history. Like numbers don't lie in that standpoint. So when you look at the viewership of the Super Bowl for however many years it's been around, you're talking about 56 years or something like that, you know, and for as long as I can remember, the Super Bowl halftime show or just that game in general, it's a showstopper. It's yeah. an event that everybody plans. Like, what are you doing Super Bowl weekend? Right. Like, it's a big deal. So I think that's the biggest really driver for anyone who's considering or looking to evaluate an opportunity that is unpaid. It's like, OK, well, what's the viewership like? What's the what's the size of the audience that typically that's expected to be there? And what is it on average? You mm -hmm. know, like we can say, oh, we're expecting 100,000 people to be there. Yeah. But if it's your first year doing a show or doing an event of some sort, 100,000, it's like, okay, I mean, I could trust you. Maybe you did put in a lot of money into marketing and things of that nature, but there's no real history to back it. But when you look at something like this, that for years, at least let's just say the last, safely the last decade, it's usually the most viewed sporting event of the year. So it makes sense. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, yep, I'm going to do it because I know that the, the size of the audience is going to be there. So how it, how they're able to leverage it is, is it's like it's, it provides great opportunity because all these people are putting you or your, 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 your music, your talent is in front of people's eyes and is presented with the opportunity for you to, to show off. I think that's what you, you've noticed towards the end there. A lot of people will go on verses and they would release an album. So it's like they're announcing new albums on verses after they played their catalog and then they're spilling over, you know, that fan base or new listeners into a new into a new project as well to help kind of, you know, stimulate that. So I think that's one of the biggest metrics that I, I think would you know make the most sense is to look at numbers, of course, and then the history, especially if some exist there to know, does it make sense? Does it not? But yeah, it's a. Uh, the, the, one, the one that comes to my mind always is Jay still declining that. Like, uh, I'll pass. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, mm. that's, a, that's an interesting topic. But did he, did he pass in the time that they were doing the whole kneeling thing? I want to say it's, it had something to do with that. Like, ar around, like it, was, it, it seemed to be like a race issue. But... You know, of course, that was debatable because I think they he later came back and collabed with the NFL and Roger Goodell or whatnot. And then they were like, yo, but what happened to the situation with Cap? So it was a little it was a, a little debatable. But I just think he's also at a status where I don't know that additional revenues from the Super Bowl is going to really. I don't know. It's hard to say. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? It's just like he's making big money. So it's not like he's in need of additional eyes on him. Mm -hmm. He's made a he's made a living of, off of being discreet. I, I mean, I think a lot of things have played for it. And then, you, you know, Jay works a lot in in the background. So maybe at the time, you know, that was his stance. And then, yo, let me make a change. Let me collaborate with the right people. Whoopty woo, maybe he had a conversation with Cap. We don't know. We don't know yeah, a lot sure. of things about sure. Jay. You for feel sure. me? Yeah. Like, and, he, and he's always there. Like, he's yes. religiously at the game. So, 
I do I do think, but for where he's positioned in some of those businesses, mm-hmm. I'm I'm sure from a sporting standpoint, the relationships are intact. Because even with you know this last deal, fanatics. I mean, obviously yeah. it's a sporting thing, so there's some involvement there. How do you how do you think, uh, you know? a personal brand or brands in general can prepare for opportunities like this. It's like, cause, cause I feel like with every situation, no matter how much you try and say, okay, okay, okay. We got everything in order. Yeah, it's yeah. just, it's hard to be, you know, I think it's the catalog. It's the catalog, whether it is products, services, um, you know, your art of some way, shape or form, you know, um, that has to be all, already there. I mean, you're given the opportunity because of that. Right. Mm -hmm. So I just think it needs to be in place where it is easy to access right afterwards, you know, uh, merchandise, things like that, books, whatever. Uh, you have a tour coming up. Are the sales, uh, open the exact day that, Mm -hmm. you know, you appear in this particular opportunity, you know, um, But nine out of 10 times you are in these opportunities because of the work that you've already done. Mm -hmm. So it's not so much preparing as if you are probably auditioning for an opportunity or, you know, pitching an opportunity, you know, it's, that's a Mm -hmm. different thing. Then you have to prepare way more. But if you are presented with an opportunity that, as you said, data and history has proven that has taken people to whole new levels from a brand awareness standpoint that in the back end can pay off later, you know, um, it's, it's already something that you have and you just, you just got to make sure it's in place. Like there, that music is easy because, uh, majority of those people who are, who were there already have, you know, their music on streaming platforms, you mm-hmm. know, but, and then I, I, we, we covered Snoop Dogg's uh, buying of death row. And I think that's all of a timing situation. You know, mm-hmm. I think with uh, his album back on death row, you know, uh, doing the Super Bowl with Dre, you know, with the mm-hmm. new death row chain. Uh, I think everything, everything's done on purpose and with intentions, but that was all in place as well. Mm-hmm. So now that people are searching for Snoop, regardless if you're a fan or not, you looked at it like, okay, oh, he bought death row. Oh, let me look into that. When is anything going to drop? Let me, you know, let me keep in tune with that. So I think everything, shout out to, even though I I will say 50 Cent, you didn't have to do that. You didn't have (laughs) to. No, but you know know what's dope though? The fact that he was one of the first people to repost that meme. You know what I'm saying? Like he, I, I love just the swag because... He's like, okay, you know what? I messed up. Yeah, yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little, you know, I'm not the same 50 that did yeah. that back in the day, but I'm going to laugh along with y'all. And I think if anything, that killed that meme a little bit faster than if he would have just tried hiding it. But uh, yeah, no, nah, he's, he's, uh, 
He's definitely one of a kind when it comes to that. Oh, big facts. And then and like like we talked about earlier, he's back. Uh, his album is back on on the charts at 184 uh, when this yeah. is being recorded. Uh, Get Rich or Die Trying, his very first album. Crazy. So, you know, shout out. That was an amazing uh, halftime show. I think it was up there. I'm not going to say it's the best, but it right. definitely was up there. Um, the transitions, how they went from one person to the other. Super fire. Uh, and uh, Nike, you ain't slick. <laughs> you ain't slick. I spend money today because of you. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. But let's talk about it. Uh, last but not least, uh, Kanye West. Okay? Kanye West. So we know that the uh, coming of his second Donda album is coming soon. By the time you hear this, the album may have, we're not going to say did, may move, have Nicks. dropped because <laughs> we know how Kanye rolls. Okay. Yeah, good move, Nix. Listen, move. I'm I'm here for it. I'm here for it, right? Um, but he did do something very unusual. Not unusual for Kanye, but very unusual as far as when you release an album, and that is not putting it on streaming platforms and putting it on his stem player. So if you remember when we talked about Donda before, we talked about the t this technology that he have with uh, creating a stem player where it's literally just this round thing, um, as you can see on the on the screen for our audio listeners. It's this brown round thing that allows you to manipulate vocals, bass, uh, different instruments. Whether you want to fast forward, rewind, record, you can do this all on the stem player. Now, the reason why I'm bringing the stem player up is because he is releasing Donda 2 only on his stem player. He uh, posted on his Instagram, Donda 2 will only be available on my own platform, the stem player, not on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, or YouTube. Today's artists just uh, get just 12% of the money the industry makes. It's time to free music from this oppressive system. It's time to take control and build our own. Go to stemplayer.com now to order. I sound like an infomercial. That was amazing, <laughs> right? Uh, now, let's break this all the way down, right? Where, well, what happened with Apple Music? And he said, after 10 albums uh, being under 10 contracts, I turned down a $100, uh, $100 million Apple deal. No one can pay me to be disrespected. We set our own price for our own art. Hmm. Okay. All right. Now, one more thing. Let's look at the stem player. This is a picture from the actual website. And y'all see this price. It's $200. Okay. $200 for you to listen to Donda 2. Okay, 
Now, where in any other album, you could listen to it for a small fee of $7.99 or $9.99 on a monthly basis, right? Uh, which will give you unlimited music. Kanye is saying, nah, for you to listen to Donda 2, you have to purchase this thing that's in my hand, which is the stem player, right? Um, of course, I got one because I bought one in the very first one. Right, you know I mean? Pretty addictive. I love it. However, um, before I do the full thought on my head, Moose, what do you think about this, uh, this move of making you listen to an album for $200 pretty much? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, of course... Actually, I'm not going to say what I think because I think I think you're going to say what I think. So I'm going to go in a different direction because I'm okay. going to let you say what I think. Yeah, I, okay. think I know what you're going to say. Okay. But no, I think the first part of it for me, right, like the lesson that I take away from it, you put yourself in position to have ownership first mm -hmm. and then you're able to make these kind of moves. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I know I know ownership is a big part of the conversation right now in our culture, in our community. And, and we're big advocates of it on this podcast as well. Yeah. But I think some at some point we have to do a little bit less talking and a lot more executing. And you see that this move, I'm not going to say it was premeditated, meaning that it was in the plans all along. Mm -hmm. But what a way to leverage something that he already has in place and bring it back in style in a, in a unique element to drive traffic in that direction. So now it's just playing, you know, simple supply and demand, or I, I, I know that you guys want this just as, just as many people do with everything Kanye comes up with, mm -hmm. right? There's always high demand for it. So I'm going to, I'm going to market it. I'm going to raise turmoil on social media and talk about all the different crazy things that are happening. Yeah. And I'm going to pull it back from you and say, oh, you want it? You got to get this product right here for yeah. 200 bucks. Right. So uh, very, very, very well thought out. I mean, some people might, I guess, feel some type of way about uh, paying $200 for his art. But you got to admit he's done a lot or at least created a lot of incredible music that I think if you're a true Kanye fan, you should support. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's still it's still a good time to, to invest back into what he's doing. So I, I do appreciate uh, just how unique it is. And of course, him being positioned already in a place of ownership to do something like that. You know, that's uh, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, clearly, I spend my two hundred dollars. I spend it right. I spend it you got twice. Two, I, didn't you? Yeah, yeah I, I spent twice. I got yeah. it. I got one in the in the stash, just in case. You know what I mean? Just, just in, in case. case anything mm -hmm. happens uh, to mines, or there's just this high demand, um, and the demand cannot be met by Kanye. And maybe right, they can't you know, do it. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, here's here's my take on it. So, of course, we haven't. Like, this isn't the first thing, first time we've seen something like this. So this, of course, reminds me of the Proud to Pay campaign that Nipsey did as far as selling his mixtape, his physical mixtape for $100. Now, this is literally making music physical again. And 
doing it in an innovative way. Because like I said earlier, this allows you to manipulate the tracks. Not only just play it, fast forward, rewind, but you can remove the vocals. If you don't want the vocals, you can remove the bass. You could you could turn and remix it on your own way. So creating a new innovative way to experience music. I think Kanye has always been big on experience. So from a physical standpoint, raising the bar of if I'm going to not put it on streaming platforms, I'm going to give you an experience and a a different way to listen to this particular thing and carry it every way around. So it's like memorabilia or however you pronounce it, because I always suck at saying that word, but I think I said it correctly. Right. Um, And so, because even when I picked this back up, I was like, Oh man, I'm listening to the, to the song again. I'm listening. Oh, I could download uh, the other album that he had, the, the Jesus album. Right. Um, And it allows you to replay some of the things where now music is going so fast, like something drops and then something else drops next week. And you totally forget about the album that you supposedly loved and thought was a classic. Yeah. Right. This is reminding you um, and letting you play this over and over again. Whereas before your, your phone or however you listen to your music is bombarded with brand new music every single week where this player necessarily isn't unless you upload new things. Now, the the thing that I love about this is because this, the, the stem player isn't new. The stem player came out in the first album, but didn't get enough shine. Like people talked about it. If you were a true Kanye fan or listen to Nicki and Moose, you feel me? <laughs> Uh, if you were a true Kanye fan, you knew about the stem player, right? Um, it was, it got announced around that whole confusion of when Donda was actually going to come out. It, it uh, shipped several months later, like everything of Kanye, right? So it didn't get enough shine that it was supposed to. So here is a way of repurposing your products and services that didn't get enough love before by attaching it to something new. So what he did was, okay, this product didn't get enough love. People are going to, there's a demand for this album. Let me attach it to the product that didn't get enough love. So there can be a demand now instead of just letting this sit on the shelf. So I look at that as this was a whole lesson for brands on some, there's going to be some things that you drop that may sit on the shelf for a little bit because it got overpowered by something you were already doing, right? It just didn't get love at that time. You didn't have the right audience, but how can we relaunch this particular thing and make it more into a need instead of a want. Because now this is a need. You need this player in order to listen to the album. And everybody wants to listen to the album because the way he's been marketing it is, 
Is he going to talk about Kim? Is he going to address the marriage? Is he going to address Pete and Cuddy? Is he going to diss Cuddy? Like, there's a lot of hype around this particular album. The uh, listening party, the tickets went on sale. I think the highest one from a VIP standpoint was about a thousand some dollars, right? You can get in for as low as I believe 90 something dollars, right? See, so he's, he's doing a lot. Once again, um, we're going to talk about it on another episode with the documentary. There's a lot of things happening, right? And so with him knowing that there's a lot of things happening, he probably understood that the player was going to get drowned out again. And he probably invested a good amount of money because it's pretty dope, right? Yeah. So now he's like, okay, I'm going to make this. Uh, I'm going to say I totally am not putting it on streaming platforms, even though I believe he will eventually. Eventually, for sure. Yeah, eventually. I believe he will, right? I'm not putting it on streaming platforms. I'm putting it on my own platform, which is an actual product, right? Um, which now people are curious, what, who does that? Right. But it costs $200 to listen to an album. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was going to say, it's like, it's like what you always call repurposing content. He repurposed his product. There you go. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was like, oh, okay. Let me drive traffic back this way. Mm -hmm. The other thing that came to mind from like a business standpoint I know that most tech products average have, say, a 30 to 40% profit margin. Mm. So if I, and in this case, it's probably higher because right. what it costs to make the album is something that you are going to probably produce or pay just one time mm -hmm. and it can be downloaded onto the technology forever afterward. Yep. So if, if he's saying that through traditional music deals, he was only able to see 12% back from what the industry made off of his music, he's going to triple, quadruple, or maybe even make more than that mm -hmm. for a limited time. Like you said, push the popularity of the product. And then <laughs> I'm, I'm sure a certain, at some point he's going to let it, you know, give it back to, uh, or put it on a streaming platform at some point. So he doesn't necessarily miss out on it, but he does increase his profit margin, which is a huge benefit, benefit when you think about it from a business standpoint. Mm -hmm. But also when you start making it back into a physical standpoint, now you can count sales way mm -hmm. easier than streams. Yeah. So he could become platinum maybe even before the album drops. Mm. You know, because how he reported it, it was like 67 when he dropped it, 67,000 were available and he was making 3,000 every single day, you know. Oh, like producing new ones? Producing it, yep. Mm -hmm. um, now I'm interested to see when it gets actually shipped. That's going mm. to be interesting. Um, I need somebody. Uh, one of our uh, listeners or viewers, please buy the STEM player and uh, keep us... Uh, tracked with how long the shipping was because I think it shipped for me two, three months after the album after dropped you or something. Purchased? Yeah. Wow. It was a uh, yeah, it was very interesting. But 
I got mine. And so on the day, supposedly it drops, I can plug it mm. and just download it immediately, which is pretty cool because it makes you think it got my brain thinking. What is something that you could create that can always add value to your customers? So, Existing customers too. Right. Yeah. So it, of course, like I said, it, it reminds me of Nipsey because when we think about the marathon store back in uh, Crenshaw, if you scan the tags at the store, it would give you exclusive content and he can upload content at any time and say, yo, all the people who have the blue Crenshaw shirt, rescan your tag. Um, I just added some new, new songs, right? So now Kanye is literally doing the same thing. Yo, anybody who has a STEM player, upload the, the new joint. When the Andre 3000 uh, song leaked and everything, and he officially released it, it released on the STEM player. Oh, nice. And then it released on the, uh, the, you know, the streaming platforms and everything like that. But you're able to listen and manipulate it on the actual uh, player. So not only does Kanye teach us, okay, how to repurpose a product, a service, or a piece of content that, maybe didn't hit the way it should have and just attach it to something new that has, that has demand. But he also teaches the, the importance of always over delivering to your customers, always over delivering to your followers in a unique way, right? What is something that you have that can always deliver things? The first thing I think about is NFTs, with this whole new craze with, with NFTs, one of the abilities is you can airdrop new content, new NFTs to the holders. So I think this is pretty cool. I appreciate it. I love it a lot. I'm looking forward to whenever the album drops because I'm not sure when the album drops, but it's going to be fire. So that's what I'll say. All right, people, we appreciate you listening to the super dope conversation. Uh, follow us everywhere at Nikki and Moose, especially on Fanbase. That has been growing and we appreciate you. Shout out to those who have subscribed to our YouTube channel. That's over 5,000 subscribers, depending mm. when you hear this. Um, so appreciate you. But Moose, final words. Yeah, every every example we've covered today shows that greatness doesn't go out of style. From the greats who performed at the Super Bowl halftime show to Mitchell Ness, a brand that was established a long time ago. Let's just say that. So no matter what's going on, just know that never grow worried about doing things that you know are going to impact generations to come.